0: Hey, guys! It's me, Danny, and I'm ready to talk so um, first of all, I don't know if you guys are still watching, but you know what I'm here for, and I you on the review. We're definitely gonna get into it, so I hope you guys watched the first episode, which came on last week that covered the Seven Brothers. If you didn't watch it, um. Ayala, or maybe not Iola but the own network does not run um, the episodes of Ayala like back to back to back, like you know, like a VH1 or a um, BET will continually run shows. So the last time, which was yesterday, that I checked the DVR, um, oh, not the DVR, the on-demand um, section. It did say that the next the episode that was just on won 't be repeated until next week, so normally the own network only runs it on the Saturday so if you guys haven 't seen it, you can go back before you listen to this podcast um, wonderfully, I have the review for last week 's episode that'll pretty much catch you up to today, so if you haven 't listened or seen the first um episode of the seven brothers um clock on out of here go down a little bit and look at i the review um two and three and i will get to the seven brothers on that one because that's the beginning of the seven brothers and this episode is the continuation of the seven brothers so for everybody who has been watching um, or just following along because you're listening to me, shout out to you, um, shout out to me. Um, we are now on the second episode of the story about the seven brothers. Remember the seven brothers were all born to the same mom and dad and they um, lived in foster care the majority of their lives um, with horrific experiences. Um, some of them were molested. Some of them ran away and just kind of like lived on the streets for, not kind of, they did live on the streets for years. Um, some of them, they ran back and forth trying to find their their dad and um, who was incapable of taking care of them because he was on crack. So was their mother. And their mother kind of, again, not kind of, their mother disappeared most of their lives. So, um, we now start on the next day. It is um you know usually when people go to see Ayana, they stay for two three days, and this is a two three day process um you usually just like a weekend kind of situation, so this is the second day and they're they're up and they are making breakfast with Ayana and they're having conversations um Ayana is basically getting the brothers to. You know speak to each other because there's so much like um pain in the circle of the seven brothers, but there's also a lot of awareness like they they get a lot of um how they're feeling they they are it is amazing to see i don't I don't want to say amazing because then that gives little credit to the ability of people but it is wonderful I will say to see how they are able to express their feelings um even though you know they basically taught themselves how to live and um so that was very very good to see Ayanna was sitting around the table you know wanting to have conversation with them to let them understand that there's a lot of um experiences and similarities in them even though they can't see them so what she did was she um had them play bingo I don't remember what it was called emotional bingo or there was like some kind of name I'm sorry guys I don't have it in my notes but they were playing a, a different kind of bingo where Ayala would roll the little rolly thing. I don't know bingo terms. And then she would pull out a ball and the ball would have words on them that they were, you know, supposed to identify with. So one was like guilt. One was um, fear. Um, So when she would put them down, she would ask them who identifies with this. And then, you know, explain, tell me a little bit of something about it and um they did then they did a very good job at again for them to be a group of young men who spent the majority of their lives just kind of like learning life on their own without a lot of adult guidance for them these guys are they're wonderful their spirits are really 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 good down in their souls, and um, and it's starting to come out more because Ion is creating that in that safe environment for them to speak. And again, you know, we've talked about this. If you guys haven't um, listened to that podcast episode, you can, after you listen to this one, go on down and um, you know, listen to the one where I talk about safe um, conversation environments. And so, Ion, Iyanla- the space is about creating safe. Co- environments to speak your feelings and to speak your truth and then to work within that thing and so because this environment is, has been safe which is something that they have not had like a lot growing up they did have not had a lot of spaces where it was safe to say how they actually felt and so because they were in that space now there was a lot of being able to admit admit to um, feelings that they were having, which is which I'll just have to say is like um just like all the way up because black men, especially black men in the hood, are not uh, in general, I'm just speaking general terms, I'm sure that some of you are doing this for your boys, and I get it, but I'm just talking about in general black men in the hood are not given the opportunity to speak their true feelings a lot of times. Like we get a lot of, in the hood, it's a lot of that like man up, man up, which really just means suck all your feelings in and shut up. Like don't, like don't express it because nobody needs to see that. You need to hold it all in, which is why we have a lot of angry young black males because the only feeling that they're allowed to express Is like anger, and so when they're sad, hurt, disappointed, embarrassed, they can't do anything but be mad, and it's the only one that they that that the hood will let let them express. And so they, they, I believe that a lot of the things that are happening in the hood now are because they only know how to express anger, and anger for them comes out in the worst ways because along the way they were not allowed to express feel and learn how to cope with other emotions back to the story um Marcus who was the one who was like really really angry because he missed um he felt like he missed the opportunity to save the other brother who died um and he's just been angry about everything he was able to admit his weaknesses in his guilt and he guys i'm telling you if you if you didn't see it it was very um it pulled the tear it it got the tear um because he was talking about how he felt guilty about not being able to save his brother he felt guilty about um not being able to keep the brothers who are now alive to keep them safe he felt guilty about leaving the little ones he felt guilty about not being the best father he could be to his boys that he has now he felt guilty about not um being able to um, have a relationship now with his father he felt guilty and, and and the wonderful thing about it was that he felt safe enough to say these things without judgment which is what he needed to be able to do and get off his chest and have it where he knew it would be heard without being without um, whatever he was saying being pushed past to be defended to have other people's point defended and so it was just wonderful she had the brother standing with him standing up against his back so that he didn't feel alone in what he was saying and I wish that that practice could be uh shared with other young males in the schools because we have a lot of our children who just don't get a chance to express their feelings i I don't, I don't know i I can't even say it any other way like we're not teaching them how to cope with the feelings that come through properly and i i I think it was a beautiful thing that she did there so um she i only then let the brothers know that marcus doesn't really want to be the way that he is. Like he's she told him and then she told him, she told him the day before and she told the brothers this day that your brother Marcus is doing all of the things to set his life up for somebody to be able to come in easily and murder him because his anger is such that you are going to reach the person where it's going to be the right time and the right day for the wrong thing. And And you cannot, you are not invincible. Therefore, there you are walking a path that would allow for someone to meet your anger with their anger, and their anger may overpower yours, or their timing may be faster than yours, and you can die. And it is more likely that you can do that if you live a volatile life. And so she was telling him that your volatile like days every day you're walking around so angry, you are looking to meet more anger. Anger, and that anger can kill you. And so she was saying though, the truth is that he doesn't really want to die. He just wants to stop hurting. And his way of expressing his hurt is to be angry. Because again, that is what the boys in the hood are taught. So it was beautiful because she was saying, you know, you guys are at an age where... Um. You get to choose. She was saying that for men, there is a thing called the dark night of the soul, which is between 33 and 35 years old, where you get to like choose really where your life wants to go. Now, I don't know if you guys know about um there's a motivational speaker who actually like really one of the guys who like really motivated me to even start this podcasting thing like I knew I wanted to do it but he like pushed me because he said words that were just like I can't argue this and so his name is Gary V if you guys check him out on he's on Instagram he has videos on YouTube and he says a lot of things but one of the things he says a lot is people who are like in their 20s are pushing themselves way too hard because you have so much life ahead of you. He told one boy, no, not one, but I'm just going to speak about a particular video where this boy was saying like, I want to do these things. My friends aren't really encouraging me. I don't know. And I don't want to like be a loser. And he said to him, like, son, you're 20 years old. You can literally do nothing right for the next 10 years and still be like amazing because there's and and i know you guys if you guys are listening you found me because you were on some kind of social media site or i told you and either way um there's a lot of memes that are that go out on um social media sites you know i'm on these internet streets and there's a lot of memes that are always speaking about this person didn't start until they were 40 this person didn't you know become successful until they were 37 this person didn't become successful until they were 45 what it is trying to tell you is is that just because you did not um listen to your purpose when you were 22 27 29 33 does not mean your purpose is not still there it doesn't mean that you cannot be the thing that you really wanted to be deep down in your spirit and it doesn't mean that you can't try that thing and it doesn't also mean that you can't be successful whatever successful means for you in that thing now as an as in what the society like you call like the older person or like middle age when you hit like 40 shout out to my 40s um but like you can do these things um at 30 like you she was saying that like your mental capacity doesn't really you don't like really mature mentally until you're like 25 i tell my kids all the time like if they're not 25 which none of them are like you're like technically you're still a child like mentally even though you know they let you drink they let you um you know serve your country early that's mostly just because they know that you're not um mentally equipped to not take the rules for what they're for what they are. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a reason why they want you to be young when you start like fighting in wars. But now I'm not saying that people who are older and fighting wars are stupid or brainwashed or nothing. I'm just saying there's a reason why they want you to start so early. And um what she was telling them was like you shouldn't she's telling the brothers back to Ayama is that You shouldn't put yourself down because you haven't figured it out yet because you guys are just now hitting your 30s and this is when you figure it out. All of the experiences that you have had up until now have shaped you and will shape you and will help to guide you for the rest of your life, but you still have, if if we now say that life expectancy is like 30, I mean 60, 70 years, 6, 70, 80 years old, that if you're 30 years old or you're in your 30s you still have like what 50 years to do things in life to create the best you and so you spent 30 years half of those years a little more than half of your 30 years is somebody else telling you what to do. So you only, you only spend like 15 years as an adult and you got 15 years of, you know, ex- adult experience. Now you get to take that 15 years of adult experiences and apply it to the next 50 years of your life. Guys, if y'all ain't like, if y'all ain't y'all ain't feeling this I mean you know I ain't no preacher or nothing but like you best but collect your plate because I'm trying to tell you you have so much more life to go right now I don't even care how old you are if you ain't 82 you know and even if you 82 hell just start it up like let's get it running so that's what she was telling these young men like you're only 30 there's so much life ahead of you do not put yourself down because it hasn't been the best yet because you have so much time to make it the best that if we just dwell on the past 15 adult years that we've had child please we gotta keep moving so what Ayanna was trying to tell them is that there's like so much teaching that they have like don't put yourself down because you didn't go to college don't put yourself down because maybe some of them I don't know I don't remember it being discussed but maybe some of them didn't graduate from even high school don't put yourself down because of that because the the street life that you were living has actually taught you so much that you're not giving yourself credit for learning and so if you if we can just rethink how life has shown up for us then we can apply it to the next 50 years of our lives so then you know there's commercials or whatever and they come back and they're in the kitchen before they were in a dining room, now they're in the kitchen and is asking them, what do you want? She was asking the younger brother, um, the second to last brother, I believe, like, what is it that you want? She told him to close his eyes and just tell me what you want. And he started to say things like, I want a house, I want a car, I want a good job. And she was like, what do you want? And he started naming all of these like surface things, which I'm not saying aren't important, but then when she got closer to him and was like, Listen, tell me the truth. I asked you guys to tell me the truth and I will be truthful with you. And so then when she said that, he closed his eyes and he said, I want to be understood. And I want to be, Uh, I think he said acknowledged, but I can't remember. But th- that's the truth. And that's the truth for so many of us. So many of us, our real truth is, I just want to be heard. I want my feelings to be validated and I want to be understood for myself and we we don't have these safe places to say those things and sometimes we share them with the wrong person like we share them with the person we sleeping with even though the person we sleeping with we don't even really love but because we've given a, a piece of us that has been um equated with love for so long that we then believe that this is a safe environment to share things but then they're not validated because they're they're not with the right people and that's where people get you know into such angry positions or um sad places sometimes i'm not talking about like Real like depression, but I'm just talking about sad places, like sometimes we get into sad places we're not really depressed, but we are we're not yet where they would diagnose it as depression i'll say that, and then, but we're sad because we just feel like people aren't hearing um me, and so now I have to live up to this expectation of where what people believe I am and so it was wonderful for him to be able to say his truth his truth is that yes I want these other things and those were all true like he he wanted to be successful he wanted to have a car he wanted to have a house he wanted to be able to have like a job that he really loved but he but underneath all of that he was able to say I want to be understood and accepted for who I am and that is one of those things we all don't get to say. Um, especially to family. Like, speaking of family, it's not easy to tell your family, you don't see me. I don't feel like you see me. I know that you see what you want from me, but you're not seeing the actual me. And that's a hard place, like, to step out and just be like, no, no, I'm, I'm just going to, like, be me, and if you don't accept that thing, I'm going to have to, like, move on. It's not easy to do that, especially in most families. And so to be able to do that around brothers who have had horror horrible experiences and yet don't know mine but are judging me based off of what you think you know about me it's great to be able to say that um the other truth that was um i always was telling them that we get to change our lives by being truthful and asking for what we want that's how we change our lives like if i can say to you i want this thing I want to be acknowledged. I want to be heard. And now you have to, now I put the responsibility on you to try to like learn who I am and understand me as a person, then our lives change. We won't be the same. We won't have the same relationship because it'll be less surface and a little bit more deeper, which is, um, just breathtaking for people. If you've, if you've never had that experience, I pray that you are able to walk into that experience with someone. And if you have had that experience, I pray that you approach everybody with the understanding that they need that experience as well from you. Um okay, so while they're now speaking about their truths, the oldest brother he's the one who has the mental illnesses. He was the one who was born um with the drugs in his system for sure and now has a mental illness he I don't know if he his um his normal ability and I'm giving you finger quotes on normal because guys I work with this type of population and to just decide that they're just like dumb or something is ridiculous they just learn in a different way and so his normal ability to learn is lower than what they would call normal and um so he said that his feeling he felt abandoned by the family even when he's in the presence of the brothers because of his mental limitations his um his learning limitations and so he he Ayanna then had to fight for him because one of the brothers was saying like well yeah we kind of like you know do or speak for him because we know he can but Ayanna was like but do you really know that because have you have any of you you know tried to figure out like what really are his limitations or did somebody tell y'all one day he's slow y'all decided he's slow and because you decided he's slow you gonna speed it all up for him without speaking to him and they kind of admitted that that's what they did but know was saying like he's a person and you have to like acknowledge his existence within your Lives and also within the world. Like, he still exists. He's he's not a thing that you have to protect all the time. He is a person that you need to speak to to find out what protections he would like to have. And I thought that that was very, very um, amazing because, like I said, I do work with this population, and a lot of times um, people can be dismissed because since they don't do it the way that we have been taught that we should do it then it it we we have been taught to look at them as a problem and that is people are people and everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to be acknowledged and everybody wants to be um at least they want people to know that people are trying to understand them and of course no it's not going to be the same and no Life won't work at the same pace for everybody, but that doesn't mean that it's not working. And so she, Ayana, was telling the family, the brothers, that you have to acknowledge them in some kind of way. So then the father now is sitting with them, and he's basically saying, you know, there's things that he didn't know. And so Ayana tells the father about what he didn't do and how the brothers had to... She was basically saying, like, you were not their father. So, like, you can't be their... Like, you can't act like you're going to be, like, they dad today. Like, these brothers had to step in and do your job at the same time. They were not... Like, that's not what they were supposed to be. They're not... You're, if you're the older first two, three siblings... Yes, parents you know call on you to assist with the other siblings. We all have done it anybody who has more. Then two kids, and sometimes even people who have two kids, you ask the older one to help you do some things. You might say, Babysit for me. You might say, Can you go get your brother or sister a cup of juice? Or can you make them a sandwich? Something like that. But the actual parenting all the time, that's not their call. And so when they have to do that, you then can't be a parent and try to step in one day and be like, Okay, I'm in charge of everybody. No, you're not. You haven't been. Not my entire life. So the boy's father, he just can't... Ayanna then was asking the, the, the father, like, where is the mother? What? <laughs> where is she? What was she doing? Because she has seven children with you. And the father was like, oh, she was at rehab. And Ayanna was like, some of that don't make sense. Because, like, you can't go to rehab and then keep coming home to the same person and having a baby and then leaving and then having a baby and then leaving and then having a baby and then leaving seven times this has happened and some of them are like doorsteps so like y'all was back to back having these babies and you trying to tell me that she was just in rehab where was she and the dad was just like i don't know that's where the mom that's what her mom said to me and she he was just like I mean, I was just like, you know, that doesn't make sense. You're either not telling me something or there's something that you don't know. And it would be better if you said, I don't know where she was. She just kept showing up. And when she showed up, I had sex with her. Than to just be like, she was off of rehab. Mm, That doesn't make sense. So because because some of these kids got drugs in their system, which means she wasn't in rehab that long because she was still, you know, using again while she was pregnant. So the father was just like, I mean, I don't know. I, mm. So Ayana was like, that's okay, because I'm about to talk to day mama. So child, here comes mama and the brothers also had a half-sister. Now, all seven brothers had the same mother and father. But then somewhere in there, like at the older end, is a sister who the mother had with another man. Now, I they didn't really give out age. her age, I don't believe. But I believe she was somewhere in the older end of this having these these kids. Uh, Maybe she is the firstborn and then this woman got with this man and had seven children. I'm not too sure. But she's there as well. Now this is just Ayonla and the daughter and the mother in a room. Iona said, Mother, where were you? You had seven boys. Where were you? And the mother was like, I was smoking crack. Like, I was doing drugs. I wasn't there for them. But this daughter is sitting here crying. Now, the daughter was raised by her mom's mother. So, her maternal grandma. She was raised by her and some aunties, you know, family took her in and took care of her. The daughter is sitting here crying because the whole entire time of her, break, her upbringing, she believed that her mother was not around because her mother was uh, with the boys. When Ayanna heard this, people, <laughs> Ayanna was like, what boys? Because the brothers that you have, they never seen their mama these boys were in the streets they were living in a car there was one story where the boys were talking about how they just lived they found a car that they realized had been abandoned on the street in the hood and they lived in that car they slept in the car they didn't even have jackets so they were just like huddled up together to keep warm at night and Ayala is telling his sister honey you have a false understanding of what was going on because your mother was not there for them because not only did these your your brothers not have their mama, they didn't have their daddy. There wasn't no grandma for them. There wasn't no eating good Thanksgiving Day dinners for them like you had and nobody is telling you that your experience was great, but your understanding of their experience is off. So Ayanna was letting them know, You believe that it's one way, but it wasn't that way. And the sister was trying to say, Oh, no, okay, she wasn't always there with them, but there were many times when they had our mom and I didn't. And Nayana was like, No, no, dear, no. No, they never had your mom. So like, yes, sometimes your her your mom showed up to you and it wasn't enough times and you wished that there was more. And I understand that. But the truth is, is that she wasn't leaving you and living with these boys. She may have been leaving you and getting pregnant, but she was not living with these boys because these boys kept just being like taken from <laughs> your parents. They were not being kept. They were left places and people were picking them up and not even family because they was in the streets and so she now is crying because her life now is the story that she told herself now is worse because her truth has not been her truth has been for her life that my mom likes my brothers better than me. And now her truth is becoming, my mom just didn't give no hells about me. Like, she just, I, I was just, she wasn't even going to find my brother. She was just not coming. And that is even harder to realize. It's like, I just don't want to, <laughs> I, I just was just cracked out and I can't be there. And Guys, people who are in their 30s, those were still people who were hitting who were coming off of that 80s drugs, and we all know that, like, cracked in the 80s, um, the beginning and mid 80s, people didn't really understand the lifelong effects of what crack was going to do this is when we started to get it but those people were already addicted and getting off of drugs is not an easy thing to do and so once you start doing this drug and it got you the rest of this stuff is not important and i am not telling anybody that if you have drug um addicted parents that it is that it is an easy life for you, or that you know your parents just don't deserve any blame. I'm just saying that um, their addiction to drugs and then not being present and available for you as a child, they they didn't know how to connect the two. And so a lot of us were just abandoned out here to um, fend for ourselves. And, you know, we had a lot of family and uh, some people had family that took care of them. And some people, um, some people had family like this young woman did, had family. And and then there were other people who were just out there in the streets like her brothers. And so Ayanna was just giving them, giving her this understanding that these boys did not get it. So the sister, when she really wasn't trying to understand it, Ayala brought Marcus in and he was sitting and he was saying, I never saw her. Like, I I get it that you think that she, he said, this is why we don't get along because you think that she was with us. And we think that she was with that she was with you, or that you had a better life than us. And the truth is that we don't really know because we never had much conversation about it. We just mad about what we think happened to each other. And the truth is that what we think ain't the truth. And we probably should have a conversation about it. So Ayanna was saying that you know you have to you have to understand that it's not the truth that they that they didn't have what you think they did so Ayala then tells the mother you do understand you were not there for your boys and the mom's kind of like yeah I get it um she she just kind of seemed a little unattached which would be which would be understandable though because she don't know none of these people she don't know her daughter she know her daughter a little bit better than she know the boys but she don't know none of these kids she had eight kids And they have been in this world for the past 30-something years, and she don't know none of them. Um, The sister felt like also that the mother... Didn't give her enough attention because she was jealous about the way the grandmother treated her. But this is where the story started to get good. Because the mom said, let me tell you something about my mom. The person that raised you ain't the person that raised me. And let me tell y'all, you guys know this. If you have children, you know there are lots of times when you're looking at your mom interacting with your kids. And you like, chick, who are you? Because like this ain't the lady that I lived with, or this ain't the lady that I knew, or this is like, who are you now, right now, with this baby? Because, like, I don't remember you being this way with me. There's a lot of us like that. And so, Ayanna was trying to tell this daughter, who clearly needs a lot of counseling, guys, because her world was a misrepresentation of the truth. And so, um... The mother was trying to get, was getting ready to get into. Let me tell you about the woman who raised me. Because the woman who raised me is not the woman who raised you. Now, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The story continues. Yo, yes, guys. There is an episode three. Because there's so much stuff going on. Y'all thought the job was going to clear this all up in two episodes. Wrong. (laughs) Not going to happen. So, there is an episode three. Which you know I'm covering next week. So, be ready. Now, because of that, remember, I only... Fix my life comes on every Saturday at nine p m on the own network. I don't know what channel that is for you. I can't even tell you what channel it is for me. <laughs> it's on the favorites and it got a reminder that I think pop up on my screen and I just hit okay so I don't even know what channel i mean what what the the number it is for the station but 9 p.m. Saturday nights. If you're not going to watch it at 9 p.m., you better um, DVR that thing because they're not going to run it again on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is why I'm here to tell you what happened on Monday because you're going to be able to see it um, nine times out of ten if you haven't dvr it because, again, my on-demand said it don't come back on until um, the 24th, which is, you know, days away. So, um... You know I'm just giving you the heads up if you want to see the episode if you haven't seen it already and you want to watch it just straight out then that's how you'll be able to see it. I don't know if it's going to come on 24th for you but that's what it says on my on demand. So guys, just thank you again for listening. Thank you again for um like staying staying tuned for the Ionless. Share, share, share this with your friends. Tell if you if you got friends and coworkers who are watching Ionless, tell them to listen to me too. Like let's talk about it, and um you know let's hit it up. Again, my social media sites are down in the description box. Just, like, scroll up and you'll see. You'll find me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I got my Facebook page popping out. And, um... So, you know, I'm out here and my email is out also there. If you want to send me a message and you want to have a discussion for me there, you can. Hashtag, I'm just saying. Uh, hashtag, she just cute. She cute though. Um, just, you know, try to find me out here in these internet streets because I'm definitely there. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And when you're telling your friends to get up on there, tell them to, to subscribe. Give me some ratings, guys. Tell me, get to, give a review a sister like to read a review i like to see when somebody tell me i said something that was a good point or something but you know or like give me like you <laughs> it make me feel good you know everybody want to feel nice and appreciate out here in these streets i'm just speaking my truth and so don't forget to just listen. I'm definitely here every Monday with that Ayana review. I come through again during the week to give you a little gem to help push you forward. The social media sites have a lot of positive things on there for you to try to help you push through the week. And guys, I just want to get to a point where like we're not pushing, we just living. And so... Um, a lot of it is just helping you live, girl, and and yeah, like let's just live out here in these streets, and let's just like be the best us that we can be. That's that's the goal, right? The goal is always just like try to be the best us that we can be. You know, days days we could get down, but we just keep on pressing forward, and that's how life works. Listen, guys, everything I said on here, I mean, but you don't have to take anything I say as fact. After all, I'm just saying.